0: section twenty one of the rustlers of pecos county by zane gray this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter twelve torn two ways steele lay in a shady little glade partly walled by the masses of upreared rocks that were used as a lookout point he was asleep yet far from comfortable the bandage i had put around his head Had been made from strips of soiled towel, and having collected sundry blood spots, it was an unsightly affair. There was a blotch of dried blood down one side of Steele's face. His shirt bore more dark stains, and in one place was pasted fast to his shoulder where a bandage marked the location of his other wound. A number of green flies were crawling over him and buzzing around his head. He looked helpless despite his giant size and certainly a great deal worse off than i had intimated and in fact than he really was miss sampson gasped when she saw him and both her hands flew to her breast girls don't make any noise i whispered i'd rather he didn't wake suddenly to find you here go round behind the rocks there i'll wake him and call you presently they complied with my wish and I stepped down to Steele and gave him a little shake. He awoke instantly. Hello, I said. Want a drink? Water or champagne, he inquired. I stared at him. I've some champagne behind the rocks, I added. Water, you locoed son of a gun. He looked about as thirsty as a desert coyote. Also, he looked flighty. I was reaching for the canteen when I happened to think what pleasure it would be to Miss Sampson. To minister to him and i drew back wait a little then with an effort i plunged vaughn listen miss sampson and sally are here i thought he was going to jump up he started so violently and i pressed him back she why she's been here all the time russ you haven't double-crossed me Steele. i exclaimed he was certainly out of his head pure accident old man he appeared to be half stunned Yet an eager, strange, haunting look shone in his eyes. "'Fool!' he exclaimed. "'Can't you make the ordeal easier for her?' I asked. "'This'll be hard on Diane. She's got to be told things.' "'Ah!' breathed Steele, sinking back. "'Make it easier for her, Russ. You're a damned schemer. You have given me the double-cross. You have, and she's going to.' "'We're in bad, both of us,' I replied thickly. "'I've ideas. Crazy enough, maybe.' i'm between the devil and the deep sea i tell you i'm about ready to show yellow all the same i say see miss sampson and talk to her even if you can't talk straight all right russ he replied hurriedly but god man don't i look a sight all this dirt and blood well old man if she takes that bungled mug of yours in her lap you can be sure you're loved you needn't jump out of your boots brace up now "'for I'm going to bring the girls.' "'As I got up to go, I heard him groan. "'I went round behind the stones and found the girls. "'Come on,' I said. "'He's awake now, but a little queer. "'Feverish. "'He gets that way sometimes. "'It won't last long.' "'I led Miss Sampson and Sally back "'into the shade of our little camp glade. "'Steel had gotten worse all in a moment. "'Also, the fool had pulled the bandage off his head, His wound had begun to bleed anew, and the flies were paying no attention to his weak efforts to brush them away. His head rolled as we reached his side, and his eyes were certainly wild and wonderful and devouring enough. "'Who's that?' he demanded. "'Easy there, old man,' I replied. "'I've brought the girls.' Miss Sampson shook like a leaf in the wind. "'So you've come to see me die?' asked Steele, in a deep and hollow voice. "'Miss Sampson.' gave me a lightning glance of terror. He's only off his head, I said. Soon as we wash and bathe his head, cool his temperature, he'll be all right. Oh, cried Miss Sampson, and dropped to her knees. Flinging her gloves aside, she lifted Steele's head into her lap. When I saw her tears falling upon his face, I felt worse than a villain. She bent over him for a moment, and one of her tender hands at his cheeks met the flow of fresh blood and did not shrink sally she said bring the scarf out of my coat there's a veil too bring that russ you get me some water pour some in the pan there water whispered steele she gave him a drink sally came with the scarf and veil and then she backed away to the stone and sat there the sight of blood had made her a little pale and weak miss sampson's hands trembled and her tears still fell but neither interfered with her tender and skillful dressing of that bullet wound. Steele certainly said a lot of crazy things, but why'd you come, why are you so good, when you don't love me? Oh, but I do love you, whispered Miss Sampson brokenly. How do I know? I'm here, I tell you. There was silence, during which she kept on bathing his head, and he kept on watching her. Diane, he broke out suddenly. Yes. Yes that won't stop the pain in my head oh i hope so kiss me that will he whispered she obeyed as a child might have and kissed his damp forehead close to the red furrow where the bullet cut not there steele whispered then blindly as if drawn by a magnet she bent to his lips i could not turn away my head though my instincts were delicate enough i believe that kiss was the first kiss of love for both Diane Sampson and Vaughn Steele. It was so strange and so long and somehow beautiful. Steele looked rapt. I could only see the side of Diane's face, and that was white like snow. After she raised her head, she seemed unable for a moment to take up her task where it had been broken off, and Steele lay as if he really were dead. Here I got up, and seating myself beside Sally, I put an arm around her, sally dear there are others i said oh russ what's to come of it all she faltered and then she broke down and began to cry softly i would have been only too glad to tell her what hung in the balance one way or another had i known but surely catastrophe then i heard steele's voice again and its huskiness its different tone made me fearful made me strain my ears when i tried or thought i tried not to listen diane you know how hard my duty is don't you yes i know i think i know you've guessed about your father i've seen all along you must clash but it needn't be so bad if i can only bring you two together ah please don't speak any more you're excited now just not yourself no listen we must clash your father and i diane he's not not what he seems oh i know to my sorrow What do you know? She seemed drawn by a will stronger than her own. To my shame, I know. He has been greedy, crafty, unscrupulous, dishonest. Diane, if he were only that. That wouldn't make my duty torture. That wouldn't ruin your life. Dear sweet girl, forgive me. Your father's. Hush, Vaughn. You're growing excited. It will not do. Please, please. Diane, your father's chief of this gang that I came to break up my god hear him how dare you oh vaughn poor poor boy you're out of your mind sally russ what shall we do he's worse he's saying the most dreadful things i-i can't bear to hear him still heaved a sigh and closed his eyes i walked away with sally led her to and fro in a shady aisle beyond the rocks and tried to comfort her as best i could after a while when we returned to the glade Miss Sampson had considerable color in her cheeks, and Steele was leaning against the rock, grave and sad. I saw that he had recovered, and he had reached the critical point. "'Hello, Russ,' he said. "'Sprung a surprise on me, didn't you? Miss Sampson says I've been a little flighty while she bandaged me up. I hope I wasn't bad. I certainly feel better now. I seem to... to have dreamed.' Miss Sampson flushed at his concluding words then silence ensued i could not think of anything to say and sally was dumb you all seem very strange said miss sampson when Steele's face turned gray to his lips i knew the moment had come no doubt we all feel so deeply for you he said me why because the truth must no longer be concealed it was her turn to blanch and her eyes strained dark as night flashed from one of us to the other. The truth, tell it, then. She had more courage than any of us. Miss Sampson, your father is the leader of this gang of rustlers I have been tracing. Your cousin George Wright is his right-hand man. Miss Sampson heard, but she did not believe. Tell her, Russ, Steele added huskily, turning away. Wildly, she whirled to me. I would have given anything to have been able to lie to her. As it was, I could not speak. But she read the truth in my face, and she collapsed as if she had been shot. I caught her and laid her on the grass. Sally, murmuring and crying, worked over her. I helped, but Steele stood aloof, dark and silent, as if he hoped she would never return to consciousness. When she did come to and began to cry, to moan, to talk frantically, Steele staggered away, while Sally and I made futile efforts to calm her. All we could do was to prevent her doing herself violence. Presently, when her fury of emotion subsided and she began to show a hopeless, stricken shame, I left Sally with her and went off a little way myself. How long I remained absent I had no idea, but it was no inconsiderable length of time. Upon my return to my surprise and relief, Miss Sampson had recovered her composure or at least self-control she stood leaning against the rock where steele had been and at this moment beyond any doubt she was supremely more beautiful than i had ever seen her she was white tragic wonderful where's mr steele she asked her tone and her look did not seem at all suggestive of her mood i expected to find her in one of beseeching agony of passionate appeal to steele not to ruin her father I'll find him," I replied, turning away. Steele was readily found and came back with me. He was as unlike himself as she was strange, but when they again faced each other, then they were indeed new to me. I want to know what you must do, she said. Steele told her briefly, and his voice was stern. Those, those criminals outside of my own family don't concern me now. But can my father and cousin be taken without bloodshed? I want to know the absolute truth." Steele knew that they could not be, but he could not tell her so. Again she appealed to me, thus my part in the situation grew harder. It hurt me so that it made me angry, and my anger made me cruelly frank. No, it can't be done. Sampson and Wright will be desperately hard to approach, which will make the chances even. So, if you must know the truth, it'll be your father and cousin to go under, or it'll be Steele or me, or any combination, luck breaks, or all of us. Her self-control seemed to fly to the four winds. Swift as light, she flung herself down before Steele, against his knees, clasped her arms around him. Good God, Miss Sampson, you mustn't do that, implored Steele. He tried to break her hold with shaking hands, but he could not. "'Listen, listen,' she cried, and her voice made Steele, and Sally and me also, still as the rock behind us. "'Hear me. Do you think I beg you to let my father go for his sake? No, no. I have gloried in your ranger duty. I have loved you because of it. But some awful tragedy threatens here. Listen, Von Steele, do not you deny me as I kneel here? I love you. I've never loved any other man.' but not for my love do I beseech you. There is no help here unless you forswear your duty. forswear it? Do not kill my father, the father of the woman who loves you. worse and more horrible it would be to let my father kill you. It is I who make this situation unnatural, impossible. You must forswear your duty. I can live no longer if you don't. I pray you. Her voice had sunk to a whisper and now it failed then she seemed to get into his arms to wind herself around him her hair loosened her face upturned white and spent her arms blindly circling his neck she was all love all surrender all supreme appeal and these without her beauty would have made her wonderful but her beauty would not steele have been less than a man or more than a man had he been impervious to it She was like some snow-white exquisite flower, broken and suddenly blighted. She was a woman then, in all that made a woman helpless, in all that made her mysterious, sacred, absolutely and unutterably more than any other thing in life. All this time my gaze had been riveted on her only. But when she lifted her white face, tried to lift it, rather, and he drew her up, and then when both white faces met, and seemed to blend into something rapt awesome tragic as life then i saw steele i saw a god a man as beautiful as she was they might have stood indeed they did stand alone in the heart of a desert alone in the world alone with their love and their agony it was a solemn and profound moment for me i faintly realized how great it must have been for them yet all the while there hammered at my mind the vital thing at stake had they forgotten while i remembered it might have been only a moment that he held her it might have been my own agitation that conjured up such swift and whirling thoughts but if my mind sometimes played me false my eyes never had i thought i saw diane sampson die in steele's arms i could have sworn his heart was breaking and mine was on the point of breaking too how beautiful they were how strong how mercifully strong yet shaken he seemed how tenderly hopelessly fatally appealing she was in that hour of her broken life if i had been steel i would have forsworn my duty honor name service for her sake had i mind enough to divine his torture his temptation his narrow escape i seemed to feel them at any rate and while i saw him with a beautiful light on his face i saw him also ghastly ashen with hands that shook as they groped around her losing her only to draw her convulsively back again it was the saddest sight I had ever seen death was nothing to it here was the death of happiness he must wreck the life of the woman who loved him and whom he loved i was becoming half frantic almost ready to cry out the uselessness of this scene almost on the point of pulling them apart when sally dragged me away Her clinging hold, then, made me feel perhaps a little of what Miss Sampson's must have been to steal. How different the feeling when it was mine! I could have thrust them apart, after all my schemes and tricks, to throw them together in vague, undefined fear of their embrace. Still, when love beat at my own pulses, when Sally's soft hand held me tight and she leaned to me, that was different. I was glad to be led away, glad to have a chance to pull myself together but was i to have that chance sally who in the strife of emotion had been forgotten might have to be reckoned with deep within me some motive some purpose was being born in travail i did not know what but instinctively i feared sally i feared her because i loved her my wits came back to combat my passion this hazel-eyed girl soft fragile creature might be harder to move than the ranger. But could she divine a motive scarcely yet formed in my brain? Suddenly I became cool, with craft to conceal. "'Oh, Russ, what's the matter with you?' she queried quickly. "'Can't Diane and Steele, you and I, ride away from this bloody bad country? Our own lives, our happiness, come first, do they not? They ought to, I suppose,' I muttered, fighting against the insidious sweetness of her i knew then i must keep my lips shut or betray myself you look so strange russ i wouldn't want you to kiss me with that mouth thin shut lips smile soften and kiss me oh you're so cold strange you chill me dear child i'm badly shaken i said don't expect me to be natural yet there are things you can't guess so much depended upon oh never mind i'll go now i want to be alone to think things out let me go sally she held me only the tighter tried to pull my face around how intuitively keen women were she felt my distress and that growing stern and powerful thing i scarcely dared to acknowledge to myself strangely then i relaxed and faced her there was no use trying to foil these feminine creatures every second i seemed to grow farther from her The swiftness of this mood of mine was my only hope. I realized I had to get away quickly and make up my mind after that what I intended to do. It was an earnest, soulful, and loving pair of eyes that I met. What did she read in mine? Her hands left mine to slide to my shoulders, to slip behind my neck, to lock there like steel bands. Here was my ordeal. Was it to be as terrible as Steele's had been? i thought it would be and i swore by all that was rising grim and cold in me that i would be strong sally gave a little cry that cut like a blade in my heart and then she was close pressed upon me her quivering breast beating against mine her eyes dark as night now searching my soul she saw more than i knew and with her convulsive clasp of me confirmed my half-formed fears Then she kissed me, kisses that had no more of girlhood or coquetry or joy or anything but woman's passion to blind and hold and tame. By their very intensity I sensed the tiger in me, and it was the tiger that made her new and alluring sweetness fail of its intent. I did not return one of her kisses, just one kiss given back and I would be lost. Oh, Russ, I'm your promised wife, she whispered at my lips. Soon, you said. I wanted to be soon. Tomorrow. All the subtlety, the intelligence, the cunning, the charm, the love that made up the whole of a woman's power, breathed in her pleading. What speech known to the tongue could have given me more torture? She chose the strongest weapon nature afforded her. And had the calamity to consider been mine alone, I would have laughed at it and taken sally at her word then i told her in short husky sentences what had depended upon steele that i loved the ranger service but loved him more that his character his life embodied this service i loved that i had ruined him and now i would forestall him do his work force the issue myself or die in the attempt dearest it's great of you she cried but the cost if you kill one of my kin i'll i'll shrink from you if you're killed oh the thought is dreadful you've done your share let's steal some other ranger finish it i swear i don't plead for my uncle or my cousin for their sakes if they are vile let them suffer russ it's you i think of oh my pitiful little dreams i want it so to surprise you with my beautiful home the oranges the mossy trees the mockingbirds now you'll never never come but sally there's a chance a mere chance i can do the job without then she let go of me she had given up i thought she was going to drop and drew her toward the stone i cursed the day i ever saw neil and the service where now was that arch prettiness the gay sweet charm of sally langdon she looked as if she were suffering from a desperate physical injury And her final breakdown showed how, one way or another, I was lost to her. As she sank on the stone, I had my supreme wrench, and it left me numb, hard, in a cold sweat. "'Don't betray me. I'll forestall him. He's planning nothing for today,' I whispered hoarsely. "'Sally, you dearest, gamest little girl in the world. Remember I loved you, even if I couldn't prove it your way. It's for his sake.' I'm to blame for their love. Some day my act will look different to you. Goodbye. End of section 21.